0: Welcome back everybody. It is episode 28 of Thoughts from the Shade. It is your bowl season. It is your college football playoff semifinal recap episode brought to you by Shamrock Sun and Menard Premium Detailing. Let's go. Let's move it over to college. Um, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it before we even get into this. Bring back the BCS. We got to bring it back. Um, You know, a lot of hype, a lot of buildup for the college football playoff, all the theatrics and previews, and we were looking forward and made our picks. But, man, both of those games kind of blew you had Alabama beat Cincinnati 27 to 6 in the Cotton Bowl. Wasn't much of a contest and then even less of a contest in the Orange Bowl between Georgia and Michigan. Georgia steamrolled the Wolverines 34 to 11. And I guess we'll just start by going over the Cotton Bowl and the Bama and Cincinnati game. I mean, bomb just briefly, I mean, what, what did you see? What did you think? I mean, first uh, first non-Power 5 school in the college football playoff, what did you make of that performance? And what are the uh, – one of the experts going to say now about bringing in the non-Power 5 team?
1: Well, I mean, I think they clearly deserve to be there. They – man, I mean – when we talked on the last episode, I talked about this dude, Robinson, the running back. how oh, he's a stiff. I haven't seen anything from the run game. And it looked like Nick Saban, like, heard the podcast and said, you know what? We're just going to pound the rock. I mean, it was like back to the Greg McElroy days of just pounding the rock. Like, they didn't even let Young throw it. Um, so I was a little disappointed to see, like, Cincinnati's adjustments. But clearly, they just don't have the – they don't have the horses to kind of hold up against that style. So all things considered, I mean, I, I thought – There were some times in the second half, like into the third quarter and close to the, you know, I guess just before the fourth where you thought, all right, they get a stop here. If they move the ball and get some points here, you know, it it might be a game. It just never came to fruition. It felt like their defense settled in after, after early kind of giving up that touchdown. But the offense just never really threatened beyond the first drive when they really needed seven and they were only able to settle for three. So that was my take. I mean, clearly they're a team that deserved to be there. Um, but you know, when you give Nick Saban weeks to prepare that that's what happens. And that, you know, you brought up the BCS. I think there needs to be a, excuse me, needs to be a shift in the timing of these games. Like we have championship weekend and then we give these, these superior teams off like for, you know, three weeks. I really think these games have to occur within a week or two of championship weekend, um, particularly if they expand. I mean, it's going to be interesting if it, if expansion occurs. Does the, you know, uh, increase in number of games kind of lead to fewer bye weeks, fewer uh, weeks off to give these guys time to prepare? You think about a team like Cincinnati. You know, if you're the number ones at Cincinnati, you're on the, the first team and you're playing against the, the twos or the threes of the scout team. You know, those guys aren't blue-chip guys, but at Alabama – you know, their their first-team offense and their first-team defense is playing against probably uh, 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 a team that's better than the team they're about to play. So you give these guys weeks to prepare against that, and that's the result. That's what's going to happen.
0: 25 for 198 for your boy Brian Robinson.
1: That guy stinks, dude. You know what? I'm going to say it right now. You didn't ask for it yet. I'm going to say it right now. I'm taking fucking Georgia. I've had enough of Alabama. I'm tired of their bullshit. I'm tired of Nick Saban. That fucking bullshit run game that they just—they, you know—you got the Heisman. You don't even—you you don't even throw the ball with the Heisman because they're so soft. They want to play their little bully ball. Guess what? I'm on Georgia. I want the dogs.
0: Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean, I'm with you on the the fact that Cincinnati certainly deserved to be there. Uh, their defense held. Up pretty well I mean for most of the game especially you know while the game was still on the balance the de- the defense held up I mean I think a couple penalties killed them and allowed Alabama to exp- extend some drives um, you know when since he could have got off the field shifted field position and gotten the ball back to the offense but in terms of Cincinnati trying to move the ball they didn't get seven on that first drive that was a kick in the dick too many batted balls from Ritter um, and we, you talked about it last week. Like they need, they need to have a trick or two up their sleeve. We talked about riverboat ritter. There was none of that. It just kind of felt like a safe, safe game plan. And as Luke fickle and, and a, a team from the American and Cincinnati, like I'm not like totally getting on him. Cause I don't think he came out and said it, but just from the way that they played, like you can't be a team from the American and come into the playoff and play Alabama, to, the greatest powerhouse in modern college football history and expect to do what you do and and compete and win and, and steal one from the tide. So it just felt like it felt like they were
1: pretty. You're, you're, felt- you're so right. I mean, like even the the passes they were calling, no, I get it. They're assuming that they're not going to be able to row lines, not gonna be able to hold up, but you got to be able to take a deep shot. They didn't roll them out. They, it was just three step, five step drops, ball out, ball tipped. You know, like there was no, there was no creativity, there was no kind of double reverse, none of this, halfback toss, pass, none of that. It was like it was very bizarre.
0: It was almost like they were playing for a cover. and yeah, they didn't even cover. Yep. Didn't help my sorry ass, but I think they put up a little bit more of a respectable performance than the Michigan Wolverines did.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: I mean I can't even say that I was, like, totally locked in for that game because by the time I flipped it on and laid down and settled in, like, Georgia was just gashing them.
1: Well, that's because you didn't watch the pregames where Michigan's head coach was dominating the, uh, you know, the, the, the passing game, the catching game. What did you think of Harbaugh? You thought I was kidding earlier in the year when I talked about how he was a horse's ass wearing receivers' gloves and cleats on the field catching balls for his quarterback. And here he is before the biggest game of his life, staying Super Bowl, and he's out there warming up with the players.
0: Yeah, the blue cutters on, catching passes, not making any any final game plan installments or adjustments or talking strategy. He was getting loose. He was getting loose.
1: The other thing that was odd was the – the I know they they did a little bit of this, like, during the season, but the
0: quarterback, like
1: – like the quarterback rotation that they had going. Bizarre. Bizarre. I mean they talked about that kid JJ the backup nine as if like oh he's a dual threat he does this does that. Like yeah, he can move a little bit. But like it wasn't like he was like Lamar Jackson or Michael Vick.
0: Oh god, no. Nah, no, that was that was an all-around beatdown. I mean, it was it was all Georgia early and and they never looked back, but I don't even have have much to say on the game. I mean, did you see anything? Like, is there anything to to even to point to or, or, or to recap?
1: Yeah, The only thing I saw, and here's what I'll say. I'm looking at it through a purely Georgia lens. That quarterback, Stetson Bennett, has been dragged through the mud his entire career. He was at Georgia as a walk-on. Left, went to a JUCO. Was going to go play for Louisiana. Um, got an offer back with Georgia. Told he could back up um comes in earns this job and the fans still don't like him they still want JT Daniels the transfer from USC five star guy and the way he played on Saturday against Michigan tells me this guy's got some balls this guy's a gamer i would i would love to see the storyline of, of a guy who's a walk on literal like you know nobody 5 foot 11 you know, winning a national championship. I mean, that's what I want to see. And I, I think that his performance against Michigan is a good read through for how he might be able to bounce back against the tide and get a dub. I mean, I, w- I would love to see that. So, I mean, for me, I saw that. I saw the way that guy played. I saw the way he silenced the haters and Daniels didn't even sniff the field. And I say, you know what? Let's ride with the dogs. Yeah. 21 for
0: 31, 310 yards and three tutties for Stetson Bennett on saturday against the wolverines but no i mean i don't i don't have any takeaways or any observations because it, it the game was over before it started
1: our balls, that's a disgraceful performance i was expecting him to pull the plug on the lights like he did it down at the uh, superdome when uh when when they were losing to the ravens when he was the head coach of the 49ers remember that he pulled yep. the lights and he and he got the boys back in the locker room come on guys hey here's the play we're gonna run against ray lewis you know and there was none of that you know i was like what are you doing dude
0: that's crazy um i was to, i was talking to somebody though about harbaugh and they were saying that that they don't think that michigan's issues stem from from the coach they think it they they stem from from higher up i mean they had a good year They they made the playoff um first big 10 championship in i think like 15 or 20 years but it's just kind of surprising for for somebody of his you know stature or uh pedigree to come up so small in such a big game
1: well the thing that i'd be worried about as a penn state as a penn state guy like yourself is you've seen the difference between penn state and ohio state over the years right and Michigan finally cracks that egg and like advances past Ohio State, gets to the playoff, and then what what they figure out is what the difference is between the Big Ten and the SEC, like the like the, the upper echelon. And like for James Franklin to talk about being elite and being this and being that and you know win the state and uh, you know knocking off Ohio State and Michigan, like buddy, that that's not even half of the equation. Like that's like that's like basic. Uh, Algebra, and when you get to the playoff, it's calculus.
0: Yeah, it's like it's like winning your uh, your state championship in little league, and then you get to the the regionals, and and then the World Series, and you you, you get smacked around
1: by the teams from the south.
0: <laughs> yeah, that are, that are playing fucking ball year round, warm weather. They're never inside. But now nah, it, it's it's a good point because. Even if by the grace of God, Penn State gets over the hump and wins the Big Ten again or or makes a playoff, which I know for a fact isn't going to happen. But if they did, they would they would show up just like Michigan did on Saturday and get absolutely embarrassed.
1: Yeah. I don't know what the fix is. I mean, do you have any thoughts on the the Outback poll?
0: Uh, No, I I woke up, what was that, New Year's Day? So I took it easy on New Year's. It was a pretty low-key holiday season uh, for me. Just, uh, you know, I guess some some close folks to me dealing with the virus. Um, So smaller gatherings, canceled gatherings. Um, You know, I was in bed before midnight on, on New Year's Eve. The Michigan game was decided. And I was up, caught the first quarter of state. Saw Sean Clifford, uh, you know, drop back under some pressure and take an intentional grounding uh, to move the nits out of field goal range. Something you really like to see out of your fifth-year starter coming back for a sixth-year. Threw another pick early in that game, and I said, you know what? It's New Year's Day. Let's get to the gym. And I I didn't watch any more of that slot because that's exactly what it is.
1: Well, you missed a fired-up Rod Gilmore, color commentator. First guy all, all year who I've heard hold Penn State accountable. Talked about the fact that <laughs> excuse me, talked about the fact that their the run game is pathetic, their O line play is pathetic. He doesn't he doesn't see where how they're gonna improve and basically just call called them on the carpet.
0: I mean, I can't even call well, I shouldn't say I can't call myself a Penn State fan, but I think I, I've told people and, you know, friends I went to school with and people that are that are fans as well. Like I can't root for this team or like even really watch them until Franklin is gone. Like I, I can't bring myself to do it because it's so fraudulent yeah I respect that. I mean, it's just it's just astonishing to watch how they
1: how they lost that game against Arkansas. and. Yeah, you talk about the uh, – oh, the uh, – every team's got opt-outs in these games. Every team. And um, – but for some re- reason, Penn State doesn't have enough guys that are ready to play. In spite of the fact that Franklin is having all these discussions with players and coaches and parents about preserving their red shirt. Like, that's a big deal with James Franklin. Like, we're going to preserve a red shirt. You know, but when we're when we're 5-0 and against Iowa and we need a guy to come in and make a fucking play and handle a snap – you know we we can't, oh we we got to play this guy Ruberson.
0: Yeah, and the opt-outs are really mainly all, all on defense through Penn State aside aside from Dotson and it's not like the defense was all that bad. They gave up 24 points. They, they kind of got worked in the second half once Arkansas figured out the one play that they needed to run just to move the ball at will but they put up 10 points with their their fifth year starting quarterback and only missing one wide receiver. Like it's just terrible.
1: I want to know why he's coming back. Like who who's allowing him to come back Like all these other teams. Like they say goodbye to a quarterback when they're like, like Oklahoma. Spencer Rattler. See you, dude. Um, even Caleb Williams, the guy who replaced him, entered the transfer portal. Like every other team can go out and get a quarterback through the transfer portal. But you're relying on what? The 17th year at Sean Clifford. Can not you go out and get some other retread from somewhere else?
0: Well, it brings up an ex- interesting point because somebody said it. Um, one of my Penn State friends said it. It makes you kind of wonder about the intelligence of Aller, you know, committing to Penn State and and sticking with Penn State and, and coming to Penn State. I mean, if if you're a, a top echelon quarterback, why in God's name would you come play for James Franklin?
1: You wouldn't. You really wouldn't. I mean, you know, the best quarterback in the state went, went and backed up uh, Stroud.
0: Crazy. Nah. No, you know, it's just so bad.
1: Any comments and... on the Rose Bowl? The fact that, you know, Harrison Jr. from Pennsylvania is lighting it up and doing the gritty and three touchdowns, five catches all year, three touchdowns in the Rose Bowl.
0: Yeah, I mean, they had two uh, first-round NFL draft. Prospect receivers opt out, and they didn't skip a beat. They just, had, they just had a guy in Smith, the Jigba, set a Rose Bowl receiving record, absolutely went off. And then you had Marvin Harrison Jr. catching tutties out of the prep. You had Julian Fleming, who, who was a former top recruit out of Pennsylvania. He's catching passes for Ohio State. So it's no issue for Ohio State. They just churn these guys out. They take them from Pennsylvania, like the guys that actually can play, not the guys that go to Happy Valley. And they don't miss a beat.
1: Well, another guy, you know, you watch bowl season and you just look around and you see all these guys from Pennsylvania that are playing on other teams. And that that Pitt-Michigan State game, uh, I got an in-game line at nine when Pitt's quarterback, backup quarterback, goes out, right? And, uh, you know, I think the game, you know, it's the final minute or whatever. You know, uh, Michigan State's up by three, and Pitt's third-string quarterback throws the pick six to 27. Twenty-seven is a freshman. He's played all year at linebacker for Michigan State. He picks the ball off, rumbles to the house. They score the touchdown. They cover for bomb. He's from Pennsylvania. He literally lives like an hour from Happy Valley. It's like, we, we they, they, where do they, where do they find? They don't. They can't pick get that guy. But they got every other bum that wants to opt out, and they're great in the league, but they're not great on the actual college gridiron.
0: He's such an elite recruiter.
1: Oh, dude.
0: That's that's what you get out of people that are like happy about the Franklin extension or, you know, accepting of it. Like the three main points that people make for keeping James Franklin is one, the fear of something worse. Right. So the fear of, I don't know, being a two win team, a three win team. Well, that's what we're kind of trending towards. So the fear of being worse. The second thing is putting players in the NFL. (laughs) <laughs> oh, he he puts guys in the league, and the third thing is the recruiting. Oh, he's such a great recruiter. I, I just I get the class of 22 is a top top 10 class at, at least on 24/7. I don't know what it is on ESPN or other recruiting sites, but out outside of that, like I think he's got maybe one top 10 class, and we're not we're not. You know, bearing any fruit from any of this shit, we're just getting worse.
1: Ask yourself this: if you gave James Franklin, Pence, or if you gave James Franklin the University of Alabama and Nick Saban the uh, Penn State University, (laughs) who would win more games the following year? It'd be Nick Saban.
0: (laughs) Oh my God! But it just goes back to the thing I was talking about a little bit earlier, where everybody points to all these different little nuances about the game and. I mean, Penn State does a great job at selling it, and, and certainly Franklin is is a salesman, so he lets you know what he's doing well. But, again, it all comes down to, are you winning football games? Like, I argue with these Penn State Hawks on these boards on 24-7, and, you know, they're they're probably out in central PA. There's nothing really going on out there. I mean, who knows if they've even got football games that that are going on on outside of the state on, on their satellite TV, but I'm arguing with them and and they're telling me, Oh, well, they developed this guy and they developed that guy. Uh, And I just say, I'm interested in Penn state winning football games. That's it. (laughs) Do you have an argument for that?
1: No, they, they're more interested in Chris Godwin, you know, winning a super bowl with the bucks and Micah Parsons being the, Defensive player of the year like they'll they'll talk more about that than what they actually did at the school
0: Yeah, well they had uh, they had godwin and donovan smith roll up in uh in tampa bay with the super bowl rings Um before the outback bowl that clearly inspired a a hell of a performance (laughs) But they pumped that shit on the instagram We are Oh, man, um, I guess you want to wrap with uh With a national championship selection?
1: Yeah, I'll wrap with a selection. Uh, When when is the game? The 12th or what is it?
0: The game is Monday, January 10th. They advertise it as 8 p.m. I would anticipate the game not kicking off till like 8.45 Eastern time.
1: Yeah, it's the worst. I mean, it's a joke that this game is even played on like a Monday. Like it should be on a Saturday night like any other game. Um, I don't have analysis. I don't have anything to tell you other than I think Georgia's going to be hungry. I think Kirby Smart's hungry. I think the quarterback has been overlooked. I think the defense is going to be hungry after getting embarrassed. Um, I'm taking Georgia.
0: Yeah, Monday night, National Championship, Georgia, Alabama. I believe the game is... I want to say it's in it's in Indianapolis.
1: Is that right? So lame, so lame.
0: Oh, that's pretty tough. But yeah,
1: Yeah, those two fan bases coming coming in the Wentz country. Come on, man.
0: Georgia minus three totals at fifty one and a half. Bob, you're on Georgia. Um, I know you talked last week about not wanting to see this matchup and if we do you know recoup your your losses on bama so kind of surprised to hear you go georgia but i think i'm with you man and i gave a pretty you know i'm gonna pat myself on the back here give myself a personal tire pump i gave a pretty sound analysis Um, shadow hand
1: stroke fest
0: yeah give one to myself lord knows i need it um But anyway, I I gave a pretty good synopsis and and analysis on what we saw transpire in the the Georgia-Michigan game. Um, So shout out to me. But I don't really have that for this game. Uh, As much as we didn't want to see the rematch and we feel like we don't need to see these teams play again, I think it's safe to say that we've got the two best teams in the country squaring off for the title. So that's always good to see. Um, Yeah, it it just feels like... It feels like Georgia to me. I mean, I wasn't overly really impressed with Alabama against Cincinnati, but with Saban, they kind of always do what they need to do, and they can change their style of play game to game. And they kept it pretty vanilla to take care of Cincinnati. But, again, they just the same as all year. They haven't felt like that dominating powerhouse. And Georgia, man, they're hungry. They they got the athletes on the outside, on the inside, on the interior to match up with Alabama. And we always talk about it. It's hard to beat the same team twice. Give me the dogs. I think the dogs win their first national championship since I believe nineteen eighty. Yeah, since Herschel Walker.
1: And the, the other thing is if they don't win it this year, when would they ever win it? Oh I mean, my gosh. If you're a Georgia fan and like, let's just like let's assume like Bama just like dismantles you like they did in the SEC championship game, like man, what's the light forward there? Like, do you see any light in that tunnel? Like, I'd just be like, you're in this. You obviously have the second best coach in the country, second best team in the country, and none of it matters. Like, how do you get over the hump? I guess you go out to SoCal and try to get one of these CJ Stroud, Bryce Young type quarterbacks and see if they can light it up on offense. I don't know.
0: No, it would be it would be a real gut punch, and I know I always say it. I always say it, the next big game Georgia wins will be the first, and I'm not counting the Orange Bowl because they clearly had Michigan overmatched. But I th- I think they're gonna do it again. I don't know why. I don't have any technical analysis. I can't give you a two minute breakdown on the matchups and what we're gonna see. But I just I think I think we see a lower scoring game. Especially than we saw in the SEC championship. I think the under fifty one and a half is a play. If Georgia's gonna win, and I think I think they do.
1: Don't you think the line is kind of telling too? Like I'm shocked that Bama's a dog.
0: I don't know. I feel like you and I aren't on the same wavelength with lines lately.
1: Like it should at least be a pick'em.
0: Yeah, I don't see why not, but You know, it's not not like three is anything crazy. But given that Alabama won the SEC championship and. You know, it's a rematch and and Georgia opened as a two and a half point favorite. Now they're up to three. That 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 tells me all I need to know. But
1: also think about the betting public like Joe Public is going to bet on Alabama, right? uh, Oh, yeah. So then you're giving Joe Public three points. That makes no sense. Like, wouldn't that put more more money on the Bama side? The fact that you're like, I'm shocked. It's not like a two and a half point Bama as the favorite.
0: I hear you. I hear what you're saying. But I I just I just think they're kind of saying what we're saying, that Alabama isn't the typical juggernaut. You know, they they have to kind of change their game based on opponent every week to, to win in a different way. And. The dogs just kind of play their game and beat the shit out of people. And that's what they've done all year. And I think that's what Vegas is seeing.
1: Every year I do this. Every year I talk myself into taking the opponent that's playing Alabama. And then after the game, sometimes at halftime, I I read a little note in my phone and say, never do this again. Just bet on Alabama next year. And then I never do it. So we're just going to continue the New Year's tradition. Maybe you asked for a resolution earlier. Maybe that's my 2023 resolution: don't bet against Alabama.
0: Yeah, well, we'll have to wait till next year for that one. But <laughs> I know I had Ohio State last year. I was, they were getting like nine points. I was like, oh yeah, Fields, they're gonna, they're gonna stay right with them. I mean,
1: they got run out of the gym.
0: Devontae Smith. Oh my God. Yeah, it's a. Uh, It's a harsh lesson and we might, we might learn it on, on Monday night, but it just feels like the dogs, man. Wow. And when is Bama ever underdogs? Like you make a good point about Joe public and you know, that's the usual logic. Don't bet against Bama. Bama's getting three points. Yep. So everybody's going to bet Bama. Yep. So what does that tell you? Take take the dogs, man. This is going to be crazy. I mean, I know, I know, I know. I say I'm taking them, and I think they're gonna win. It, I'm still gonna be shocked if if Kirby Smart and and Bennett are up on that fucking podium with the with the uh, confetti flying down and the red and the white. Like I'll still be like, what what did I just watch? Saban walking off with his head down. Like it'll it'll be incredible.
1: Yeah. You don't get that you don't get that image too often.
0: No. Looking forward to it. Kind kind of a uh. Kind of a week, week, a week, week uh, in the NFL with with most of the uh, playoff spots clinched. We'll keep an eye on the ones that aren't. Jags plus 15 and a half. No, I don't don't think I'll give that out. But we will give out some picks. And we're hot right now. We both went 4-0 in the NFL this week. Um, So let's see if we can build on that. Keep it going for week 18 and into the playoffs. And and then we'll look forward to uh, cheering in the dogs on Monday night
1: you want to tell the audience what you were what able to clinch yesterday or yesterday with your four and O performance in NFL?
0: Well, I know you said it, but I think, so you're talking about the wings and you treat me to, to wings and beers, uh, at the mosquito grill. I, I am looking forward to it. I have no plans of that not happening, but, uh, I believe when the wager was made, I said through the playoffs and through the Super Bowl, so I got to keep. I got to Whoa! Keep...
1: <laughs> Whoa, I thought it was regular season.
0: Nah, man, got to keep.
1: it time, folks. <laughs> got
0: to keep hitting these picks through the playoffs, man. Bob
1: may still have some wings from G.
0: I mean, I got to make up for the atrocious college football year I had.
1: I don't think there's any making up for that.
0: That's my New Year's resolution. Do better in college football next year or next fall thanks everybody for listening give us a follow on instagram at thoughts in the shade feel free to give us a rating on spotify and their new rating system or over on apple if you haven't done so yet we would greatly appreciate that Uh, shout out to menard premium detailing and shamrock sun our sponsors and most importantly everybody have a great weekend and enjoy the national championship game We will talk to everyone next week on Thoughts from the Shade. Peace.